Luke 24, everybody. Stay there. Thank you, Lord. Three times in Psalms 42 and 43, the exact same phrase is spoken. Why so downcast, O my soul, and why so disquieted within me? Put your hope, put your hope in the Lord, for I will yet praise him. Three times, it's the exact same phrase is read. Why so downcast, O my soul? And then in speaking to himself, David diagnoses the problem. The reason for your downcastness, discouragement, hopelessness, despair, is because your hope has been misplaced. Get your hope back in the proper place in the Lord Jesus and realize his goodness and praise him from that place. Hope is the real issue for us. And so today, what's on my heart out of this story in Luke 24 is to demonstrate to you and mainly to me what our central issue is Monday through the end of the week on Saturday when we're wrestling with misplaced hope sometimes and to come back to the place of living the normal Christian life. And so hope, I read this last week, can be described as happy certainty. Say it again. Hope can be described as happy certainty. It's the expectation of good. It's to wait for salvation with joy and full confidence to trust in. Hope is I'm happily expecting what's coming right around the bend. Instead of I'm waiting for the shoe to drop, what could go wrong will probably go wrong. It's just my luck, Murphy's Law. And hope is to say, the Lord is for me, not against me. Good things are in store for me because the Lord withholds nothing good from those who love him and walk according to his purpose and his ways. Although I may be slain, good things are waiting for me. And so here we get to these two guys on the road to Emmaus. And they're walking and talking and discussing what just happened. One of them's name was Cleopas. Interestingly enough, his wife Mary was one of the four ladies, John 19 tells us, at the foot of the cross of Jesus. So you have this guy with a, one of the four women who was, had a front row seat to the crucifixion. And him and his buddy are walking along. Listen to, to the way they're interacting with Jesus when you get to verse 17. When he asks, what are you discussing together as you're walking along? They stood still and their faces were downcast. They were, they were heavy with discouragement in that moment. Why, soul, are you so downcast? And then they, they start to answer the question. He says, what things? And listen to how well they describe the events that just took place. Their facts are crystal clear. The revelation they received is from heaven. The testimony from the apostles is undeniable. They have everything they need to hope, but they're downcast. They say this, well, it's about Jesus of Nazareth. They had the facts right. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Correct, 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 correct. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. Listen, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Did he redeem Israel, everyone? Absolutely he did, but not to them. Because hope deferred made the heart sick. Their hope 
was put to death with Jesus on the cross because their hope was based on sight. We hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. It's a softball, and Jesus is just... I mean, they're just setting him up. Everything he said was going to happen, happened. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning. They didn't find his body. But they came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. And so now we believe. No, they said, but they didn't see Jesus with their natural eyes. That was the problem. And Jesus said to them, and to me, and to maybe to you, how foolish, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah, listen, have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? You want glory before suffering, it's suffering preceding glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained, interpreted, translated to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. Well, then they're walking along. It's getting close to evening, right? And then they get to the table and he takes the bread and he gives thanks. And like his body, he breaks it open and he gives it to them. In that moment, what happens? Eyes open. Natural eyes were no longer the way they were interacting with Jesus. They didn't recognize him before. Now the eyes of their heart are open. They saw the resurrected one. They recognized Jesus in that moment. And look what happened. He disappears from their natural sight and it didn't matter anymore. They didn't see Jesus just like before, but now something changed inside of them. A fire got lit And here they are at the end of a long day, middle of the night, they get up and they run seven miles back to Jerusalem. They say, we're not, our hearts burning within us while he talked with us. They rushed back and they say in verse 34, it's true. It's true. Do you think their heads were downcast? Do you think they were just stopping still on the road? No, they were sprinting on the road. And they came, they're like, he's real. It's true. It's all just like he said. Guys, these people change nations. People like this set cities on fire. Same two homeboys just a few minutes earlier were just nominal Christians. With all the facts, they had plenty of revelation. They even had some miracles. Changed nothing. Their hope was misplaced. They wanted the kingdom of God to come right meow. And so it didn't, and he didn't appear, and it didn't happen like we thought it would. And so therefore, I'm discouraged. What happened to them was Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope, that's who he is, fill you, just like these guys, fill you with all joy and peace in Hearing news and knowing facts and understanding revelation? Absolutely not. May he fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In believing by faith he is who he says he is. Now listen, 
that, it's not just so that you have a good time with Jesus. It's so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing and bubbling over with hope. Because people like that change the world. Yeah? Romans 15, 13 happened to them. It was different than they thought it was going to be. And it was better. It was different. They, they didn't like how it all came down, but it was so much better. You think Abraham, Abram, exalted father, father of many, is in the heavenly realms being like, God promised me a whole bunch of kids, and I only got one son of promise. My son Jacob, my grand, he got 12. I only got one Isaac. It's not like he told me. It's different than he thought. He had to wait for one son. Can you imagine getting the word? You're going to be the father of many. Well, in your mind, you start doing the math. That's 10 or 12. I don't know. A bunch. I got a lot coming. I used to say many was five. And now I say many is 10 or 12. But he got one. And it was so different. And it was better than he thought. Because it's just like Ephesians 3 said. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly, way above all that we have asked or even imagined. Did Jesus redeem Israel? Absolutely. Completely different than they expected, but all according to what the prophet said. What has the Lord spoken over your life? Where is your hope? Because I sure hope that your hope and mine is not in an answer to prayer or in healing or in a financial miracle or your friend group, or your spouse, or your ministry success. I sure hope that our hope is in him because he will never put us to shame. That type of hope will not fail us. Every other hope, I love Addie Loss. Lord Jesus, healer, raise her up, restore her. I pray the same thing for Libby. What if he doesn't? Then what? Then what do I do with that? If my hope is in the healing, I'm believing by faith. I'm praying my guts out. We're fasting for her. But my hope is in Jesus. Because they were promised a double portion. And they got a double portion with one baby in the ground. She's in the heavenly realms, yeah? They got a double portion, guys. John, I read him this morning, Revelation 1. John said all these beautiful things about Jesus on the Isle of Patmos. Got the crud beat out of him. <laughs> Not one hair of your head will perish, Jesus said to the disciples. All of them died. The hope is not in this earth. It's in the days to come. So I'm praying this week, late at night, and I hear the phrase from my old friend, the Holy Spirit. And he says to me, get your hopes up. And I heard it literally, literally, get your hopes up, church. Get your hopes off of earthly things, even, even noble good stuff, guys. Get your hopes up on him. Get your hopes in the heavenly realms. You know why? Y'all know why, right? Because days of suffering are coming. Days where our hope looks like it's been dashed to the ground are coming. 
And we have to be able to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Get your hopes up. I walk in here today, having a good time. Lizzie walks in later with the kids. Somebody comes up and says, your van's running. What the heck? I drove my van here. I have no idea why. It's it's running. I shut the van off. It's running. I go outside. There's my truck right beside two Fords. I got my Ford truck. I got my Ford van. My truck's blaring just during worship. It's honk, honk, honk. I'm like, what the heck, Lizzie? What's wrong with you? Can you not shut off the... So weird. So I have to come. Maybe you saw me. I had to come back, get my keys, go out there, shut the truck up. Like, what the heck? Totally forgot about the van. Totally forgot. Losing my mind. Somebody else comes up to me in the back. Can you remember who? Your van's running. I'm sorry. I don't know. I have my kids' names half the time. I go out. My van's running. Holy Spirit stops me right there. I'm praying during worship. I'm like, I need Brian to interpret. What is going on? What is going on? Well, I'm here to tell you, as a father and mother here in this place, my ministry is sounding the alarm. And my wife's ministry is running with perseverance. And we're here to tell you guys, it's time to get your hopes up that you might run with perseverance past the trial that is coming. Listen to me. Romans 5 says it this way. I'm past time. Forgive me. I'm talking again. I'm still talking late. Listen to me, though. This is important. Romans chapter 5. Go go with me to Romans chapter 5. You have to hear this. You have to hear this. I'll pay you back. Verse 2. Through whom? Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We boast in the happy certainty, the hope of the glory of God. Listen. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Yay, sufferings. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering begets perseverance. Suffering, hardship, distress, pressure, trouble, affliction, tribulation, now and coming, it produces patient endurance and perseverance. Perseverance produces proven character, spiritual maturity. And character produces hope, confident assurance, happy certainty. And this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts. He's flooded our hearts with his love through the Holy Spirit who he's given to us. What he's saying here is y'all, the church, are going through this process, suffering to perseverance, to character, to hope. I used to think that was kind of a weird way to end. Why hope? Why is hope such a big deal? Because people who live like that, like those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, change everything. The hope, properly placed, that type of person changes everything. You're being made into Christ's likeness. Hope is the goal. And so just like suffering was the verification of Jesus' true Messiah calling, he suffered and then he went through perseverance, character, and hope. Me and you as disciples are called sons because we suffer like Jesus did. He treats us like sons. 
And so in that suffering, when we let it produce in us that tutor that takes us to patient endurance, as Job said, after he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. And this hope does not put us to shame because now I'm like, the Lord loves me. The Lord is for me. No matter what comes, the bad news, the difficult phone call, nothing can move me from the Lord's love. Therefore, I got nothing left to fear. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is in me, literally, guys, what do we have left to fear? Nothing. The worst of the worst of the worst possibility with my kid going through the whatever and dying, whatever it is, I don't have to fear that anymore. I don't have to fear death. He's holding the keys to death in Hades, yes? We have fresh hope. Faith, hope, and love remain. The greatest of these is love. Faith will be turned into sight. Hope will be changed into glad fruition. Prayer will be turned into praise. But love will remain forever. I know this sounds kind of weird, but I want to sing a song together. Acapulco. Let's put it on the screen if we would, Dina. This is it. This is for us today. Sing with me. Jesus, I my cross have taken all to leave and follow me. Destitute, despised, forsaken, thou from hence my all shalt be. Perish every fond ambition, all I've sought or hoped or known. Yet how rich is my condition, God and heaven are still. Stand with me if you would, stand with me. Let's sing, Go Then Earthly Fame. Go then earthly fame and treasure. Come disaster, scorn and pain. In thy service pain is pleasure. With thy favor loss is gain. I have called thee, Abba, Father. I have stained my heart on thee. Storms may howl and clouds may gather. All must work for good. Last verse, hasten on. Hasten on from grace to glory, on by faith and wing by prayer. Heaven's eternal days before me, God's own hand shall
Hope shall change to glad fruition, faith to sight and prayer to praise. Faith to sight. Faith to sight and prayer. Father, hear the cry of the hearts of your ones who love you. We're your people called by your name, called to the kingdom, called to honor Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord, it's what we desire above all to do. So we commit ourselves to the full expression of Jesus our Lord in each of us. Brothers and sisters, we commit to that. In the name of the Father, in the name of the resurrected, glorified Son, in the name of the indwelling Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Bless you all. Have a blessed week this week. Thank you for coming. See you next time.